Well, it is a joy to be back with you. And I got to say that if you haven't seen the last couple weeks of what Chad did with these plants, it is impressive on a different level. And as he told me what we were doing today, I thought, man, that is perfect because that is so in line with me for a couple reasons. One, um, several years ago, my wife decided for Mother's Day, she says, you know what I would really love for Mother's Day? And I said, what's that? Now, this is years ago. She said, I'd love to plant some of those big, tall, green trees on the edge of our property so that the neighbors cannot look into our yard. And I want, I want those big trees. I'm like, oh, okay. So I looked at it. They're called Leland Cypress. Now, Leland's are, are very unique from the standpoint of, and she said, I've even, <laughs> this is why I love it. She goes, I've even bought them already, and I just need you to plant them. Okay, well, she showed them to me, and these massive trees were this tall. And I was like, okay, I don't, I don't think that's really going to do it. So I had to do a little research, and I got online, I looked at Leland Cypress, and I'm like, okay, this is like four and a half feet tall. Well, Leland's double in size if you plant them correctly. They'll double in size for like three or four years. And I'm like, okay, this is going to be a long wait, but sure enough, they doubled. Now, if you can imagine the roof of this, this auditorium, they went from that to that in about four years. And it was amazing. And they're full and they provide this great barrier. But I got to take you back to the beginning. So you got to plant them correctly. You got to put them in the right bowl is what they call it. And they said the bowl needs to be basically one foot for every 10 feet you want it to grow. And I'm like, huh? And so the bowl had to be in diameter about three feet wide and three feet deep. And I thought, well, that's okay. I'm up to this. So I grabbed my shovel and I go over there and I spread them out because if they're this. And I had a great, they were diagonal and it was going to make this great line of Leland Cypress. And then I went down. I mean, the first dig down, it went about that far and it broke the tip of my shovel. And I took a deep breath, and I'm like, what the crud? And so I dug around, and, and it wasn't one rock. Now, if, if you've not been to Atlanta before, we have a mountain on the complete other side of Atlanta called Stone Mountain. It's a granite mountain. And that range runs beneath the surface all the way out to where I live. And this far below the surface was a granite run. I spent the rest of that day with my father and I had a pickaxe, and I spent the rest of the day pickaxe on this granite. I mean chip by chip by chip, and at the end of about four hours with a pickaxe, I had about a third of one hole done, and both my hands had callus, not callus, they had blisters across them that had burst, and my hands were killing me, and I was just thinking, you know what, at that point I'm thinking, how much... Do I love my wife? Um, <laughs> what are the alternatives here? And I, I told her, I said, honey, there's, there's granite out here. And it's, it's just, she goes, but I really want them. <sighs> so I bought a pair of gloves and I had that pickaxe. And every day for about three to four hours, for about a week and a half, I pick holes. And I, and I met the first one I measure is going to be three feet. The next one I'm like, yeah, that's, a, that's wide enough. And it just, and, but then I had to go down. I had to go down another, I had to go down three feet. And I got to two and a half. I'm like, you know what? 25 feet is as good as 30 here. So, okay. But I dug these six holes and I put those in there. And I, and I thought this better work. 
And the deal was, is it does. Because I took those who had done it before, and how do you plant these trees to get the optimal roots? And basically what it does is these trees, that once they are put in the right situation, they can penetrate through rock. Their, their roots are that strong that if you build that bone, I'm like, this is awesome. And now we have these massive, now a couple, a couple years later, she goes, you know what we ought to do? is we ought to put them on the back of our property line too. And uh, if you've ever heard my, my bit on that, it's basically when I, was, when I was first married, she said, we need new spring clothes. And I thought, I got plenty of clothes. And I'm like, it doesn't matter because that, I've learned in my marriage that was a she-we. And uh, so when she said, we should do that on the back of our property, I had the thought, well, she's going to help. And, and that was a me-we, okay? So I... I did that on the back property, but sure enough, they came up, and we've got this very private backyard because we did that right, but we built these right. Now, i got to say this also. Um, in Psalm chapter 1, I'm so thankful. Chad, had, I, I watched last week and did just a st- one of the most creative communicators I've ever met, and he's like, yeah, this is me and Beth. We're in Israel by a broom tree, and this is the broom tree, and it connects to this part of the Old Testament and that. And I'm just like, that is, Wow. That's really impressive. And if you were here last night, you heard my a little bit of my story is that I was in special class, okay? So I'm not that good. And I, Chad knows that. He's like, hey, you know what? Uh, in Psalm, there's a, there's a simple verse that says, a tree planted by water grows. Why don't you do that one? And so <laughs> I'm so thankful that that's it. I want to read these first few verses because there are some amazing uh, opportunities for you and I, a simple components of, of digging in our lives, where we dig, how we dig, and what we put in them in order to get the maximum growth. And it starts right out with one of those pieces that we want, and it says this in Psalm, and, uh, Psalm 1, verse 1, blessed, and we all want to be blessed, blessed is the, the man or woman who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly or the wicked or stands in the path of sinner or sits in the seat of, scoff, of the scoffful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord and in his law he meditates or ponders day and night. And here's the kick. He shall be like a tree planted by the river of water that brings forth its fruit in its season and whose leaves also shall not wither. And whatever he does shall prosper. Now, I read that and go, well, I want to be blessed and I want to prosper. And I think we would all say that. But in the midst of this, it gives us the key components to properly plant, to get the maximum roots for whatever our environment is. So follow me real quick, and I want to read that first verse again. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the path of sinner, nor sits in the seat of the scoffful. And what I've really gleaned from that is the don'ts. The first component of of making sure that we're planting correctly is the don'ts. And the don'ts are, are basically just that, that I don't walk, sit, or stand. And, and here's the reality of it. doesn't walk in the counsel of the ungodly. It is so easy and we're so bombarded in our society today with the counsel of what is not wise and what is not godly. And, and we hear it from all different directions. And this mindset of just not get caught up in that. Now I'm going to take a little bit of a shot. And I gotta, I'm going to lay a preface of this. My wife and I... 
we watch documentaries, we watch binge watch shows on Netflix, and we, and we watch TV, okay? But what, I'm, what I want to just introduce is the idea that, that if, if I'm getting my worldview from media, social media, and TV, I'm getting some really bad counsel, okay? If I'm basing my life on what I'm getting there, let me just put it this way. Reality TV is not reality, okay? If you're a single guy and you're sitting on your couch on Friday night waiting for a limousine to pull up in front of your house with 25 hot, intelligent women to get out, and you can make out with all of them and none of them care, it's not real, okay? It's not going to happen. And so not only to not walk in that, but don't sit in that, and, and I got to tell you, I, I, I'm on social media. I have, I'm, well, that's a little bit of a, a misnomer because I don't do any of my social media. I have a wonderful couple of young ladies that just graduated from college that do it for me. And I think there's a, a positive to letting people know. But I'm telling you, there's a, there's a divide there that has flipped in a lot of people's lives that, that, that they are finding their self-worth, their who I am out of social media. And let me just say, social media is, for the most part, on a personal level, it's just fake. I'm comparing myself to somebody else's perfection based on me. And I see this in lives of those who are younger that are taking selfies and posting it, seeing if somebody out there likes me. And it's become, if I can get strangers to like me, that's more important than those who love me like me. And it's just very dangerous. And unfortunate, very unfortunate this past week, some friends of ours from several years ago, we were in a couples group together. Their son left a very detailed suicide note and took his own life because he, he didn't feel liked through that venue. And he specifically went there and the dad told me as, in tears as we just bore that burden with them. He said, I, I got to tell you, I see social media and I've seen the evil side. And I was like, wow. And when it says don't walk in it, don't, don't put my value in what's coming out of them out there that I don't know and don't, don't care. And, and don't put my value there. And, and then I would even say this as far as the walk in the I go, just look below the surface. I'll give you a couple examples. Don't, don't get a financial advisor who's broke. Okay, don't do that. <laughs> don't go to an orthodontist with crooked teeth. That's just, that's just my view of it. And, and just in that, in that idea of don't go to a, talk, a doctor who's a chain smoker, all right? Just they don't really believe what they're going through. And in this world, we, we believe on the surface and we're not digging below it, nor stands in the path of sinners. And, I, and I'll just say this, look at the harvest of these people. Whoever those I'm around, look at the harvest. What are their lives like? Because it is very easy if we're looking at social media and we're looking at TV and we're looking at media to look, well, man, they're doing what, what I've always heard was wrong or not wise or is hurtful, but man, they're having a blast. And it looks so fun. And I'm, I'm actually mentoring, mentoring is not the right word, I'm, I've befriended another comic that, that was on the top back in the 20-teens. I mean, nationally, he'd been on Conan and Kimmel and all the big shows, and he was touring national, and he was one of the top three comics in the country, and then it all imploded. And he says, you know what, it's all great, and it feels great, and it's great. And he says, I had every addiction, name one. And I named several, and he goes, yep, had them all. I was really good at all of them, too. And he says, and then I found myself being evicted from an apartment with my life out of control, 
And he says, I pounded my head against the steering wheel in Minneapolis, thinking, where am I going to go? What am I going to do? And he says, I just cried out. And I said, God, why did you let this happen to me? And he said, I expected condemnation and clarity. And he says, what I was overwhelmed with in the car was the most warm love, grace. And he says, in that moment, God met me in my lowest point because I had believed all the lies. And he says, and I was reaping the evidence of those choices. And yet God met me with overwhelming love. And I'm like, wow. And he said, I, I said, God, please help. And I accept you into my life. I, I have to have you. He says, I lived on my, my, my sister's couch and her husband was a pastor. And I just started reading my Bible. And he said, I started transitioning, taking the counsel of the wise. And he says, I'm, I'm now, I, I don't want anything with that life again. And he says, I'm living with my parents now, driving a school bus. And I've never had more peace and joy than any other time in my life. And we've been walking together through that. But he's, he's made that decision to go, I'm not going to sit because I've seen what happens when I plant in the wrong soil. It withers and kills everything. And then the final one, and this is probably one of my favorite, don't sit in the seat of scoffers. Man, I'm going to tell you, uh, number one thing I'm told when I'm asked to speak at a church these days is just don't say anything political. And can I ask you, what topic in our world right now is not political? Which one, which one is that? But I'm going to get a little political here, and you can shoot me if you want to, but I, I find myself, I don't watch TV. I record and I watch live sports and I listen to watch some binge watching. But the commercials of those, and I'm not going to go on either side, but just the idea of the scoffing. It seems like in the political arena, from what little I've seen, I'm in airport, I'll see a commercial, is let's just bash everything. On East, let's just bash it and get negative and sling mud and... Is anybody stopping and going, okay, I, I'm firmly aware of what you think the other is bad, but what do you, what do you believe? What are you, what are you for? And you can't find it very much at all anymore, can you? But, but to take a step back and go, if I'm going to live this blessed, prosperous, it's saying, what am I going to be for, not just what am I going to be against? And that seed of scoffers, there's plenty of people out there that will tell you what you can't do, what you shouldn't do, and what's wrong, and plenty of people to blame. But real fulfillment, prosper, and joy, and blessing comes when we stand up and we do something for, not against. And, and I love this proverb. When I was in college, it's a Chinese proverb. And I was talking to the gentleman mentoring me. I said, I really feel called this. He said, well, be ready because most people are not going to understand that. And when I first stepped out away from the corporate world and started doing comedy and speaking, I can tell you there are a lot of people. And I overheard people just bashing me, going, what an idiot. Why would you do that? Why would you throw away this career for something like that? That'll never work. It'll never work. And here's the Chinese proverb. The man who says it cannot be done should not bother the man who is doing it. You know what? We're overwhelmed with plenty of trouble in our world. And there's going to be people that if you step up and say, well, I'm going to do something, they're going to tell you, well, you can't. It's too overwhelming. I've shared this with the men's group before, but it definitely bears repeating. In April 23rd of 1910, Theodore Roosevelt gave a very short speech, 130 words. 
and it is one of my favorite speeches of all time. It's called The Man in the Arena. It said, it's not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs and comes up short again and again, because there is no effort without error and shortcoming, but who actually does strive to do the deeds, who knows the great enthusiasm of great devotion, who spends himself in a worthy cause, who at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, who at the worst, if he fails, at least fails while doing, daring greatly. So that his place shall never be with the cold and timid souls who know neither victory nor defeat. That's the seat of the scoffers. Saying, you know what? I may fail. It may not work out. But I'm doing something. I'm going to get the pickaxe. I'm going to dig the hole. And I'm going to get the, the roots a chance to grow. So that's the don'ts. What are the do's? Well, the do's are relatively simple. It says in the second verse of Psalm 1, but he delights in the law of the Lord, and on God's law he meditates or prospers day and night. Now, I don't want to get spiritual here at all. It's, it's not this walk around humming like a monk, just mm, I'm, I'm meditating. It's more pondering, saying, okay, this is the foundation I want. As it says in Colossians, and I don't have this verse up on the screen, but it says, set your mind on the things above, not on the things of earth. Set your heart on the things of God. Because God says, hey, I want you to have your mind in this direction. And it starts to affect us over and over. Now, I want to give you two challenges. Number one, if you're here today, and it appears like most of you are, uh, but if you're here today and you're like, you know what, I, I came with a friend or I'm just checking this thing out, let me just encourage you that give it one shot to see how God's truth can change the way we view things. And this is my challenge for you. In the first part of the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, the fourth book of the New Testament, I want you to go to chapter 3. And for one month, once a day, just read chapter 3 and say, God, if you want to show me something, show me. If you're real, show me. If you're really interested in me individually, show me. And then just read that once a day. I'm going to tell you, you're going you're to see God. And you're going to start experiencing that God really does care. If you're one who's like, you know what, I, I like coming, but I just, I'm not a reader. I don't really get it. I want to encourage you in this. On Facebook, a friend of mine challenged me. He says, Ken, you know, I know a lot of guys. They just don't know where to start. And they don't know what to do with the Bible. And I'm like, he says, I got an idea. He says, Ken, will you read through the New Testament with me? And then every chapter... Just highlight one to three verses that's kind of what the chapter's about. I said, sure. So we did that for a year. I didn't know it, but he was keeping track of all that. And he would take those, and he started posting them. One chapter a day, it comes straight to your email. And if you don't have time to read the chapter, just read the blue verse. It's called Man Cave Bible. And you just read, you know what, I'm in a hurry today, but I want to set my mind in the right direction. And I read that one or two or three verses or I got time today, five minutes, I'm going to read the whole chapter. I'm telling you, it changes the way we think. 
And, and what it does is it says, you know what, we got to realize that what we focus on, we move towards. How many of you have ever been on the highway driving and you're in the right lane and you're driving and you see a billboard or you see something off the exit and you're like, and you're reading it and the next thing you know is you're on the rumble strips. Because naturally we move towards what we focus on. And that's what God is saying. He says, if I will delight and I will put that verse in my mind to start with, I'm moving in the right direction. And so I would say, we'll do one of those. And then if we don't the don'ts and we do the do's, then we see the results. And I love this result. Look what he says in verse 3. In verse 1 it says, blessed is the one. And then verse 3, he'll be like a tree planted by rivers of waters that bring forth its fruit in season and whose leaves shall not wither. And whatever he does shall prosper. Now I want to just give you not my opinion about what prosper means, but a biblical example of what prosper means. And I want you, as I share this, to evaluate where am I in this? Am I experiencing the fruit? Because fruit is in a direct proportion to how the roots and how healthy the roots are. And if I'm taking the truth and setting my mind and I'm, I'm digging the right way, and I'm showing up here, and I'm, I'm going to the men's and the women's groups every now and then, and I'm, I'm just reading my Bible, and I'm letting God speak to my heart through his truth. Here's what is the evidence. And I want you to rank yourself from 1 or 0 to 10 in each of these in your life. I'm going to mention an attribute, and I want you to rank. Here's where I am. 10 being the best. 10 being is, man, I've got so much of this, I love to give it away. And 0 is, wow, I, I don't think I have any of that in my life right now. Because here's the fruit of a tree that is in a healthy place. It's found in Galatians. And in Galatians, it says, but the fruit of the Spirit, when, when God's Spirit is living in me and is, and is healthy, the fruit of the Spirit is love. Where would you rank your love meter right now? I'm surrounded by it. I'm full of it. Or am I experiencing it? Joy. Joy. Can I tell you last night, one of my favorite comments is, I... I needed that. I needed to just laugh. When's the last time we just enjoyed a day? When was the last time I thought, God, thanks for today. This was just great. Peace. In our world today, how many of us can say, I am full of peace. I don't have a worry in the world. Can I tell you a direct correlation? About a year and a half ago, I stopped watching TV. Now, I'm, I'm watching some shows with my wife, but no... Uh, we choose those and we don't watch commercials. Can I tell you, when I shut off media, when that went off, my peace just went through the roof. Circumstantially, it's like, Lord, you're bigger than circumstances. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, or patience. Am I more patient today than I was a year ago? Am I as patient as I need to be in every situation? Kindness. Am I kind even when negatives are thrown at me? Because I don't know if you've been around today. There's plenty of negatives coming at us. Because in our society today, if, if somebody disagrees with you, they're required by law, by mandate, to hate you. Okay, that's, that's the way we're, we're taught right now. But it, it, how is my kindness, goodness? How am I doing? And is my life evident of that faithfulness? One to ten, gentleness. Do I feel like I respond in gentleness to situations? Or do I respond in reaction and react with emotion? Self-control against these things. 
there is no law. And if I will evaluate and go, okay, that's where I am right now, that, here's the key to it. If I'm going to have healthy roots and I'm going to experience blessing and prosper in whatever I do, by prosper I mean have those qualities growing in my life, there has to be an action. Just like I had to take that pickaxe and chip away and I had to dig that bowl. I, I've got to do, Lord, I've got to have your truth coming into me and I've got to be reliant on you. I have to have some kind of interaction. And I want to kind of prove how that works through an, a, a communication illustration that I, I think I've used here before. I'm not sure. But I need, real quickly, I need you to think of a random item. And I'm going to pick 10 random items from you at large. And then I'm going to tell you how I do not have a good memory. After my heart surgery, that part of my brain, brain even is, is diminished pretty badly. But I'm going to show you through what God can do in a life for that. So, random items, 10 of them. I need 10. I'm going to start over here. Somebody over here, give me the first number one random item is a banana. Very good. I like bananas. That's great. Number one is a banana. Number two, first half of this section here, number two is shoes. Okay. That's perfect. All right. Number two is a shoe. Number three, backstage over there, somewhere back there, just you got to shout it out because I have bad hearing. Okay, some, a car? Is that what you said? Car. Okay, three, uh, three is a car. All right. Two, three, car. Okay. Got it. Oh, got it. Okay, four. Up here, someone, number four. A football. Four's door. Okay, four, football. Wow. Okay, got it. Number five back there. Somebody over here back five. There's a lot of people there, so somebody raise your hand real quick. And then, okay, great. Shout one to me. A pogo stick. And number five is a pogo stick. Okay. Number five is, uh, okay. Okay. And number six, someone back over here, number six. Soccer ball. Okay, I love soccer ball. Number six is a soccer ball. Okay. Number seven, somebody, yes. Music. That's abstract. Okay. An item, music. Can you give me something that makes music? A piano. Okay, number seven is a piano. Now we got three more. Anybody raise your hand. I just need a random item. Okay, random item number eight is umbrella. Number eight is an umbrella. Number nine, index card. That's random. That's good. Okay, um, is, is there an index card in number 10? What? Paintbrush. Number 10, okay. Now let me see. Now you've heard these, okay. Now I'm going to see if I can get all 10. Again, my memory's bad. So number 1 is a banana. Number 2 is a shoe. Number 3 is a car. Number 4 is a football. Number 5 is a pogo sticks. Number 6 is a soccer ball. Is that right? Um, number 7 is a piano. Number eight is, a, is an umbrella. Was that right? Number nine is an is a index card. And number 10 is a paintbrush. Okay? So, yeah, well, thank you. So I want you to give me a number one to 10. Um, just somebody over here, any number one to 10. Seven is a, was a piano, right? Somebody here give me a number one to 10, not seven. Six. 
was a soccer ball. And then somebody over here give me a number one to five because we've already done the two high ones. Three was a car, okay? Now I can give you these in any order for the rest of the day. You can come up to me at the men's group and go, what was, what was number four? It was a football, okay? And the reason I can do that is because I took the item, like we take truth, and I've added motion to it. I've done something with it, and then I made it personal. And what I'll give you the example of that. So I've got ten items that are inanimate. One is a gun, two is a shoe, three is a tree, four is a door, five is a hive, six is mixed, seven is heaven, eight is a gate, nine is a lion, ten is a hen. But then I added your item to that and gave it motion, and then I made it personal. So I've got a gun that shoots bananas. I got a shoe that I couldn't get, find the right shoe because there were all the shoes on top of it. Two is a shoe, and you said shoe, that's a first. Three is a tree, but instead of leaves, there are cars. And it's in my front yard, and I just pick a car, and I get in it, and I drive away. Number four is a door, and I threw a football at a door, and it gets stuck in the, foot, in the door. Number five is a hive or dive, and instead of bees coming out of a hive, pogo sticks are coming out, and I'm grabbing them and diving into a pool. And number six is a mix, but it's all soccer balls, and I'm mixing soccer balls, and it's really, and, and I'm adding this action, and it becomes unforgettable. And when we add, take the truth, and we add action, even if we do it wrong, we add action, God says, I will work everything for your good. And what happens is that truth becomes active in our lives and it starts changing who we are from the inside out. And when we, when we invite God into that, those results happen in this. And I want you to see how personal God is very quickly in this. For we are God's craftsmanship or his workmanship created in Christ to do good that he, that God prepared beforehand that we should walk in in them. And the keys there is that we are God's creation. You and I were created. We can take the illustration from Psalm a second. He made a tree. And he's like, you know what? I made the tree <laughs> to have leaves and to bear fruit. He made you for a reason, a specific reason. And, and he's like, and when you accept Christ, when you decide in your heart, as it says in Romans, that I confess with my mouth, that Jesus was who he said he was. And I believe in my heart, God really did raise him from the dead. He was God in the flesh. You will be saved. That's the turning point. And I can't make it for you. Nobody else can. It's not magic. It's not words. It's just when you and I get like my friend Isaac did, going, God, I need you. And I believe you are who you said you were. Will you please come into my life? When we become in Christ, then we start to discover who he made us to be. And why he made us was to experience love and joy and peace and patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. He made that within us. And when Jesus comes into our life and, and his spirit dwells us, those start to grow. And when we take the truth and he says, I've already prepared ahead of time for you to experience that. Now the misnomer that a lot of people have is that once we have that, life is hunky-dory. Well, I'm going to tell you, it gets better. But I want you to listen to this one last verse, and it's in Matthew. And it's, if, if you study the Bible and you read it at all, um, Jesus is speaking. And I know because of the, the theological structure and the homiletics, and it's in red. So I know it's Jesus speaking. 
And Jesus says this, and I want you to just listen with your heart to this about how do I grow? How do those roots grow deep? And Jesus says, therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on a rock. And the rains descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat against that house. And it did not fall, for it had been founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rains descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and the beat against that house, and it fell, and great was its fall. If I could say that foundation of a rock is Christ himself. And he says, you do this, and you are building in the right soil, and your roots are going to start producing life. If I want to have a life with fruit, if I want to be blessed and prosper with all the intrinsically great parts of life, I have to be in Christ. I have to be in that start. And I, so I would encourage you as we close. And then I want to pray and I want to hear these great, this great song of roots. That God longs for us to just invite him in wherever we are. And I hope that if you have never done that, it's that simple acknowledgement to God and saying, God, I'm all in. And if you know him, I would encourage you. Start letting his truth set your mind and heart in the right direction. And those roots grow deeper and bear fruit. Father, thanks for this morning. Speak to our hearts. And thank you so much for the way you love us. You meet us where we are at our worst to come in and show us the greatness and the blessing that you created us for. And it's only in Christ we can pray. Amen. Thanks for letting me share.